Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you are... Well, how do we start, Josh? Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Keep that in. We've got to keep that bit in. <laughs> I just had a brain freeze, Josh. <laughs> We're recording this Sunday morning. It's absolutely freezing. Let me start again. Hello, and you... oh, no, what? Is... Oh, wow. hello, and well, hello. Just, to... uh, yeah, just, just it's not a catchphrase. Just imagine you're welcoming people. It's not like it's not scripted. Okay. <laughs> hello, hello. You are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with. Can you say for me, Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe. Can you say Rob Beckett? I don't know, I need the toilet. <laughs> Try again. I just need the toilet. No, I need our toilet, I need it. Okay. Um, there is a second attempt. No. Can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe. And can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. There, there we go. Oh, lovely stuff. Who is that? That is Etienne, uh, who is oh. four... And uh, that is his mum is Daisy. Daisy. Daisy is a big fan of the podcast. Daisy, yeah. uh, she produces one of our great rivals, Rob. No way. Who's she producing? She produces the Ramses, mate. Oh my god! I mean, I'd, I'd say rivals. I'd say that this is like Michael Jordan and LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. Uh... Um, we should a big shout out to the Ramses though, because poor old well, Rosie had a C-section, and congratulations yep. on their second congratulations. baby. And um, Chris Ramsey broke his ankle. Bloody Have you seen hell. that? Oh mate, he's uh, yeah. So uh, hope they're feeling better soon if they listen to this. Yeah. I don't know if they do. Um, but you know, you know, one person's pain is another person's gain. They're just doing best of episodes where we're still plowing it out. So hopefully we can catch up and take over when he's got a broken ankle. Fingers yep. crossed. Well, I think you can still podcast with a broken ankle. You've got to strike while the ankle's broken. That's You've the got same. to strike exactly. That's that's why uh, that's why I've got the producer uh, recording messages. Daisy, yeah, yeah. Keep her busy. Get her out the editing studio for the best bits. Exactly, exactly. She also right. produces the Taskmaster podcast, which I won't. Can you on. shut up? Advertising Daisy's podcast. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, and she was. She said she was a big fan of this podcast. Oh well, yeah. If she was that big a fan, she wouldn't keep. Pro- if she was a big enough what, fan, what she, she quit her job. No, but she would produce it badly. She'd still take her fee, but the quality would dip, and then we can take up the top spot, yeah? If Daisy was a real fan, then I think that's what she well, should be doing. Well, she'd put in a couple of things that she's got on the cutting room floor that would get Chris or Rosie cancelled. Well, I'm sure they, she'll have somewhere. Their yeah. keys and grey moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hopefully she could dig that out, and then if she's a real fan, then that's that's the that's the real commitment level is. You know, yeah, I think we're, we're not going for the approach of we want to be the best because we're the best. Let's make everyone else worse so that we're, you know. Exactly, exactly. No, My default. There's too many podcasts around. It needs culling. Um, many podcasts. Anyway, let's stop talking about podcasts. Let's talk about parenting, Josh. How's your week been? Um, well, I've got a question about uh, podcasts and parenting, Rob. Yeah, go on, mate. Because it's interesting, like, with that situation where you're talking to someone 
who listens to the podcast. Yes. And they know far more about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or they'll start the conversation halfway through and it'll be, you know, say something like, oh, bloody elephant trunk, eh? I'm like, pardon? Because that, like, you know, I'm talking about the way my three-year-old used to say grey trunk. And I'm like, what? And then, you, and then they can't say the sweary word. So, yeah, that, that does happen. Is that happened to you this week? Well, there, there was, there's a parent at nursery. Do you know what? I'm going to say it. She's definitely one of the best ones. I'm a big fan of her, right? So she's, okay. she's called Lisa. She's a real laugh. But she listens okay, to the okay, podcast. Okay, in what way is she the best? Was well, she best parent or best person there? You know when you're like, who do I want to get put next to in the queue waiting for pickup? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like if you worked at a job together, you'd probably go and get lunch together because you'd exactly, get on with her right? better. She, yeah, she, yeah. She's listened to the podcast. Yeah, sure. But I, a couple of times, I've found myself telling her anecdotes, and then halfway through, thought. She fucking knows this. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, and she's heard the edited version. Yeah, she's... She, oh, God, she knows that this is gear that I'm doing. <laughs> and also, she'll know how much, you know, weak stuff you put in normally and Michael chops up to, <laughs> to make you look like you're zinging them. <laughs> you're really exposing yourself in that queue, Josh. Yeah, it's really bad. Anyway, how are you? Yeah, good. I've had a mental week, Josh. It's yeah. been... I'll go through some of the stuff. Normally, we have little, little notes of well, what's going on. Well, should we do me on. first, then, because it's pretty mundane? Yeah, tell us what happened with you. Well, do, well let's do yours, and then and then we'll just we'll just kind of peter out with me at the end of the podcast. Okay, so uh, first things first, 5am wake-ups, both kids, all week. Fuck that. Just insane. I why? don't know why it's happening. I think... I don't think they're getting tired out enough during the day. So, and my kids have a lot of energy anyway. All kids do, obviously, but mine, mine are like a dog. You know, like certain dogs. If you get a pug, your kid might be a pug kid, where it will just sit in the. Well, I was because I had asthma, so I was a bit. Yeah, yeah, you're a little pug. You're a little wheezy pug, right? Where some other dogs, like a sheepdog, I'd put my kids in the sheepdog category (laughs) that needs to be worked. They need yeah, to be yeah, run out. They can't just sit by the fire and sleep. No. Um, but they've been a bit of a nightmare anyway. And I, I had just had the most stressful week. I, I reckon on like Wednesday, I probably, out of the whole year of the pandemic, had my sort of lowest day where like the kids just wouldn't go to sleep in the night. So basically I'd had hours sleep and then I got up and I had loads of stuff to do and I went for a walk and I was just like, you know, just like everything just feels like utter, utter shit. Yeah. And, and I realised it was just tiredness. So I got quite good with like, trying to be calm and do things to distract or whatever. But yeah. if you don't have sleep, it's just horrific. But then what I worked out to do was, Josh, is I mentioned it on um, Instagram. It's like, you have to, I, I don't think we did I mention it to you about each day is like a, a football match where right. you can't take the previous result with you yeah. into the next that's, day. That's, that's, good, go, that's a good theory, actually, yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I lost 3-0 today. So on Wednesday, I lost 3 I, I woke up at 5. I didn't even go asleep to wake up. Basically, after midnight, I went 5-0 down. And then the rest of the day was trying to pull it back and I didn't. And I think that way, if you do that, you could just move on to the next day. Or if you do get them to bed and you're 3-0 down, you can like pull a couple back with like a nice dinner yeah, or a yeah, glass yeah, of wine yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But I just basically so what's went mad. Current, it's 9.15 in the morning on a Sunday when we record this. Do you know what? We're in fine fettle. The morale is up. Are you 1-0 up? We're 1-0 up basically as well. Lou got her vaccination this week. Oh, very good. That's quick. Really quick. What does that mean, though? Does that mean that she can do anything? No, not really. Basically, what it means is she was everyone in category one to four, which is old people and clinically vulnerable and NHS, I think, are supposed to be getting it before the middle of Feb. And she had an appointment for 8th of Feb, so slightly later because she was younger. But when we rung to book, 
we rung up again. I just I just said, if you have any cancellations, let us know they had a cancellation. So they, they I spoke to them and we got in the next day. So what they're trying to do, they don't want to, because they, yeah. they don't want to throw away the yeah. injection once the vial's open. So that was a real, I mean, that's like, I'm 10 up. Whatever the kids do yeah. now, morale's pretty high. So Did you get, uh, did Lou get ill from it? She felt a bit rough last night. So she went to bed a bit early and stuff. So yeah. hopefully she's better. But what it means is she still needs another one in, in three months. So she's got one in April and she's still got, there's no impact from this vaccination until two or three weeks. Yeah. But I think it'll be like, we'd probably be able to send the kids to nursery potentially. But I yeah. don't really know. I need to look at all the information. Yeah. Blimey. So you've got no nursery, no school and no sleep. So what time do they go to bed? We were trying to say, let's send them to bed a bit later so they'll sleep in. But they were going to bed like half seven, eight and then just waking up at five anyway. Oh, mate. So what time are you going to bed in that situation? Oh, well, I'm at the moment. Well, I got better last night, but all week, I've, just from stress, I've been getting into bed and then just sort of logging into the internet for about four or five hours and going oh. to sleep at about two or three. So, oh my god! Yes, I've just been mental this week. But what saved it is the pom pom jar. Right? Yeah. Tell me through this. So basically, you have a big jar of pom poms and two little jars, and you say to the girls, whenever they do something good, they get a pom pom, and they do anything bad or naughty, you take a pom pom out, and it's yeah. all like a, a, a reward chart. And then once the pom pom jars fall, you get a uh, treat. So we, we said we might go like let them pick a dress out, or they can have a takeaway or something like that, whatever it is they want to do. And then we, because the youngest was just getting out of bed, waking up all night, and we're just saying, if you do that, you get your pom pom jar, you get a pom pom, and they've just absolutely gone mad for the pom-pom jar oh, wow. and now and now with they're basically getting up at about six ish but playing for an hour in oh, their rooms good. rather than being all worked up so that the pom-pom jar has been pretty good and how many pom-poms makes a jar well the thing about pom-pom is josh you can squash a pom-pom down <laughs> you know what i mean you're not an idiot it's not ping pong balls but you got a sticker chart. A sticker's a sticker, isn't it, mate? Yeah. When you got a pom pom, you know, uh, you know anyone, any Tommy Cooper fan knows you can squash them anywhere you want. Yeah, you can yeah, squash yeah. them right down. I I feel for you though, Rob. One hour's sleep. How are you getting through? Coffee. Well, I, that day was horrific. So basically, we got up and I was supposed to be doing work, but I just couldn't. I didn't have the energy, and it was just you know it was just falling apart. Everything was going wrong. So the electrics went as well. Mm. What it worked out was one of the outside lights had had gone off, and then that tripped the whole thing. But then I realised it was the outside lights, so I kept on turning it on and off. But then the one on the outside was tripping the outside again. So like I thought I'd sorted it, and like, the electrician come round, and he went. And basically, it was all kicking off. And Lou would just go for a walk. I'll do bath. I'll go for a walk. And as I left the house, I literally shut the front door. And because I went out and the security light went on, the whole, every light in the house went off. <laughs> <laughs> and I screamed fuck into the air. <laughs> but then we, were, we worked it out. It's, they're all fine now. So it's just one faulty yeah. bulb. So we turned that light off. It's disconnected. That's amazing. But as I walked out, I was just like, oh, my God. And it, like, literally, as the lights went off, I went, yep, conceded another. That's another goal. <laughs> when, so we were filming a last leg thing at Plymouth Argyle where Adam and Matt had to dress as Pilgrim Pete. And have you ever had, have you ever had to do anything at half time at a football match? Oh, yeah, mate. That's my life. You're rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to, like, wait in the tunnel, right? So we're waiting in the tunnel. And Plymouth were 4-0 up against Leighton Orient. And... As the goalkeeper, the Leighton Orient goalkeeper was the nearest person to the... So he was the first to come off. And obviously he didn't expect us to be in the tunnel. So he just... 
the moment he got out of view of the fans, he just went, fuck! <laughs> and then we were just stood there, and I thought, that's one of the most exhilarating things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, no, because he couldn't do that on the pitch. <laughs> he couldn't do it on the pitch. Oh, I, I hate that about football. They can't really properly express themselves. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, we would we would like your emails then. Uh, we we weren't planning this, but what point have you shouted the word "fuck" really, really loudly? That uh, if <laughs> what sent you over the edge? Yeah, what oh, sent you over the edge? Um, in my time of feeling really down, uh, Josh, I thought of things that made me happy again, which people I could share with if other people were stressed in the week. Um, one thing I do is, which is a bit oh no, this is a good one: the massage. You get if you can get a massage off your kids, right? But if you lay on the floor of their bedroom yeah. and they you they have to on your walk, front or on the back. On your front, right? And you get them. I mean, you, I reckon the limit, the eldest is ours is five, and she's sort of not a massive five-year-old. So I reckon the age of anything five and under will work. Yeah. Peak peak age, I would say four, right? Yeah. Because they've got enough weight to make an impact, but not too heavy. So you lay on your front, and then you get your kids to walk on your legs, and then over your bum, and then on your back, and then you get to stand on the top of your know shoulders. I going to work for my stiff then, neck, Rob. And, <laughs> and then they jump off your shoulders onto the bed and but as they do that they give you a massage and the older yeah. ones you can teach them to sort of step up and down they just feel like they're dancing on you but actually it's like a massage yeah no i can see that but i do think my stiff neck it, it could this oh. could it, this could go either way I'd for say, me. Let, let rose let someone else try first and then yeah. report back. I'll, have Maybe I'll, I'll have a go have this a go. week but I'll, I'll say i'll say nowhere above the kind of mid back please yeah but do you want if you want to take it to the next level the head no plank while they do it bloody it you weren't planking while they do it were you oh well, yeah i was right four seconds right because because it's good to plank isn't it but when it's they walk on you and you're planking it's so painful if anyone don't know planks where you support your body with like your your hands it's, or your, it's like your arms a press up, but you haven't gone down basically isn't it yeah exactly yeah so basically so i planked and it was so funny though because i was doing it i was like yeah come on i'll do that and then as i do it i'm like hurry up hurry up <laughs> Are you getting much exercise, Rob? I'm not walking. That's all I'm doing at the moment. Um, I'm a bit too tired to do anything like yeah. running or anything. I've got an exercise bike that we moved from like the upstairs office room where I record this because we weren't doing it. It weren't the kids into the front room. Still not used it. It's just downstairs now. Just staring at it. Oh, you moved it so that it was more in my face to force in me to your do face. It. I, I moved it to shame me, and oh, I've wow. just accepted the shame. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, but to be fair, last week was a horrific week. And we were so anxious and stressed. And also, the way you get these vaccination bookings, for what is such an important thing, it feels so chilled. Like, yeah, coming at one. I'm like, okay. And I was like, yeah, London Bridge, like the vaccination centre. I'm like, what? And then you drive up there and it's like a big marquee and it feels like something from the so war. So did you take your kids? No. So because of Lou's uh, medical condition, we've got a respite bubble. Oh, of course. And yeah. so that's what helped as well. That started yesterday because yeah. the youngest had been out of school two weeks or 10 days in order for that. Uh, you know, you have to do that yeah, so yeah. that the grandparents weren't at risk. We had to make sure she hadn't, she had right. isolated for 10 days. So we, that she did that. So we dropped off the grandparents. So we drove up and did that. And I waited outside in the cold for an hour and a half in what was not a warm enough jacket. I, I dressed for the car. And let's be honest. You, you waited outside on your own in the cold for an hour and a half. You must have been fucking loving it. Oh, mate, I had my phone. I was watching the football on my BT oh, phone my app. Gosh. 
in the freezing cold. And I, I, also at one point, I went and walked past Tower Bridge and I weren't breaking the law because I was allowed to be up there. Oh my God, what an absolute joy that must I have been. I felt a bit like, you know, in like um, films where like it's sort of either California man or someone's been in a cave forever or someone's yeah. been transported over from another country and they get let loose in New York or London. Crocodile like, Dundee? Yeah, yeah, I was Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> ill, ill dress, loving life with a blade, just in case. It's London, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's London. The other thing I've been doing, Josh, as well, to make things better and more exciting when I get fed up, also there's nothing exciting happening. I this this takes you. Lou thinks I'm insane for this, but I think it's quite good. I try to think of really exciting moments for other people and try and daydream and channel it as if I was them. So the other day, I imagined that my job was making and selling cardboard and cardboard boxes, and I was at a party and I got introduced to Jeff Bezos. Sorry, can you start this again? Have you lost your fucking mind? What's right. going on? You sound like Lou. So basically what you do is you think of someone. So is this all happening in your own head? Yeah, I'm just sort of laying there or, you know. Wait, when are you doing this in bed? Sometimes in bed, sometimes on a walk, wherever I am, really. Wherever I need a little perp, yeah, right? Yeah. In my head, right? You shut your eyes, you have to really like, it's almost like lucid dreaming and awake. Just watch YouTube, mate. <laughs> I've watched it all, Josh. There's nothing left. <laughs> I'm not watching it. I'm not starting from the I top watched- beginning. The most insane thing I've ever seen on YouTube in my life. Yeah, what was it? Um, it's a clip of the Late Late Breakfast Show, which was not what it was like the Noel Edmonds thing before Noel's house party. I would implore you, everyone at home, right? Go on, go on YouTube, type in the words Noel Edmonds stunt crash. When you've got three minutes twenty nine seconds away from your child, <laughs> go on YouTube, type in Noel Edmonds stunt crash. And it is a live TV thing in which two members of the public are attempting to do their evil Knievel thing where you go over a load of cars from a ramp. And it is one of the most astonishing things I've ever seen in my life. So obviously I'm not going to watch it now, but um, that, that is my tip to all parents is watch that video. Quite a weird end to the conversation because you've not seen the video, Rob. No, I'll, I'll watch it. Well, shall we have you live, let, let's just have you live react to it. Type it in, Rob. Okay, fair enough. Just put Noel Edmonds stunt crash. Seems a bit bleak, Josh. This. No, it's not. No one died. Everyone was fine. So John Peel's doing the commentary. Edmonds is in the studio. John Peel's on location doing the commentary. So guy skipping in an escort. Is this right? Yeah. So this is a member of the public. Just describe what you're seeing. I've just seen a car, a green car, drive along a. Looks like a runway type thing. It's going very fast. It just and it's getting. He's now going over a big ramp, and um, it's a horrific crash. <laughs> like, and there's loads of people just stood there watching. So the car's going into. Oh my god! There's fire engines. This is horrific, Josh. No one got hurt, Rob. This was a no. live. This is on live TV. No. Just, bear in mind what you're allowed to do on League of Their Own, Rob, yeah. and the, the health and safety. They have put this on live TV. Oh my! So they're going again. They're going again. They're going okay. again, Rob. Oh my God. It can't go as badly the second time, can it? <laughs> Here we go. So this is first one, and oh, it's worse. <laughs> Why have they done it twice? <laughs> and he didn't get hurt either. No, he didn't get hurt either. Honestly, they are like some of the worst car wrecks I've ever seen. It's one of the most astonishing clips I've ever... How I have never seen that before in my life. And why do, why do you watch that to make you happy? But come on, Rob. <laughs> it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. Only no because they're okay. 
Because they're okay. Everyone's fine. But the thought that that was put on Saturday Night Entertainment in the 80s, live, (laughs) and Noel Edmonds is making jokes about whether they're going to be okay. You know what? I don't think the good old days were good old days. They weren't good old days. No, Rob, read the newspapers, mate, because the 70s at the BBC were not good old days either. <laughs> you know, compared to what they did in the 70s, that isn't too bad, isn't it? No. At least it was, it was only adults in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. Do you know what? That is what I, I'm doing while you're pretending to sell a fucking cardboard box to Jeff Bezos. Well, no, I just imagine how excited would it be if you sold cardboard boxes and that was your job and you bumped into arguably the biggest buyer of cardboard boxes in the world. Imagine the exhilaration. Yeah. And what, what, what are you saying to him? Okay. Bezos, who does your boxes? <laughs> how much you're paying? I'll do you a deal. Just give me something. Just let me do the prime ones. Just let me do something. Just let me do the little ones. Because what I, ju- I think I miss is the thrill and excitement of something. You know, like walking out on stage or even when you go meet your mates in a pub you, and then they all turn up and one of your mates turns up drunk, you order a beer. You know that little fizz you get of, yeah. from, of just life? A little, when you sit by a pool, when you get on holiday, all the little things you do, you go into a club and the song you like comes on, which, you know, genuinely haven't done that for 18 years. But, you know, that kind of thing, that little excitement fizz. So for me, in my head, I'm trying to get that from being a man who sells cardboard boxes and he's selling them to Jeff Bezos. Yes. Is it, don't you get that? Can't you feel that excitement? Yeah, I can or feel I that excitement. It? No, no, I, I, I mean, I just think it's such a. I don't know how you've got there. What? No, neither do I. But I think you know. I just think. Imagine that. Oh, imagine the thrill. And like he gets home, and goes, "Oh, you never guess who I met, Bezos." I just see. You know, recognize Bezos. You'd know, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, that, it's actually, you know, the, the Prime logo, that is actually modelled on his face. <laughs> he wears blue lipstick all the time. It's just classic Bezos. You can do what you want. Josh, shall we hear from our listeners? Because I don't think yes. we've done it, have we yet? Have you got some emails for us? Yes, here we go. Okay, you're going to enjoy this. No, I'll do that in a minute. I'll start with some lighter stuff, but there is something that will blow your f- effing mind, Rob, oh. which I'll, I'll do in a bit. Okay, so this is from Stephen Lowe. My kids asked for fake poos for Christmas. Terrific, I know. How we giggled, uh, you know, when the said fake steamer ended up on the floor, on the TV remote, in our bed, the shower, atop the cooker, in the microwave. Well, one morning, I begin work uh, at 6am. I work on a news website. I came downstairs to find the plastic poo placed perfectly on the living room floor. I've not taken part in much sport as I might, and with no one around, I figured I'd boot it with some imaginary top bins for my beloved Wolverhampton Wanderers, a proper last-minute outside-of-the-box steamer. Fate was laughing, though, as no sooner had my bare foot touched what would have been the factory-produced poo, it quickly became clear this was poo. (laughs) Who's poo? Uh, I don't know he said, actually. (laughs) You've got to say! Yeah, it was cats. It was a cat's poo. Oh, he's booted cat shit first thing. It was relatively fresh, still soggy and warm, oh. and it flew at all angles. Oh, God, it's going everywhere, isn't Exploding it? Exploding round and between my toes. Oh, my God. I, I, the only way that could have been worse is if he, he ate it with a potato masher. Like, that's the only way you could get more flatter. Well, yeah, but at least that's going to go down. This yeah. way, you're oh, spraying. Everywhere. It's like, it's like, you know that scene in Mr Bean where it explodes the paint tin. I think that's the worst thing you could do to it in a room. Yeah, you, I think you so. Do anything maybe, worse. maybe a golf club, like a, like if you... <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That'd be but your other option. But at least it's on the club and not your foot. Yeah. Uh, have I told you my dog poo job interview story? Uh, no. 
I was going for a, jo- a job interview right somewhere. Actually, I think it was my first ever writing job. It was for like a, a proper company that wanted like funny things written for their website or I think they were making greeting cards anyway, right? So I was supposed to go up and write jokes about the company for them to use wherever. Anyway, so I was all really excited. I went up there and I was wearing, um, it was the summer, I was wearing espadrilles because I'm like yeah. that and I'm South East London. I'm wearing espadrilles and I, I run from my train at Lewisham Station and as I'm running, like, I sort of feel something a bit weird. I think, oh, what was that? Anyway, I get on the train. I sit down the train and think, what's that smell? And I look down, right, and I haven't trod in dog poo. I've scooped it up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I haven't trodden it. I've just sat down and I look at my espadrille and there is, there is, it's like a dog's done it on my shoe, right? Like, like a like, point at the end of your shoe, like you're a kind of elf. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, I've just sort of got, I haven't got all of it, but I've got a lump of it, right? And I was like, oh my fucking, and I'm on a packed commuter train. Yeah. And I just don't know what to do because it's like, I can't get it out of the train. Do you know what I mean? So I just sort of sit there and I've got like a bit of new, I've got a bit of um, newspaper, the free newspaper, and just sort of got it off and put it in a ball and left it under the, the seat, right? Anyway, I get off and then I've, I basically, I, it's just in, it's in the shoe. So what did you do? Well, I tried to go into Next to buy some new shoes, but that was shut. I was at Charing Cross. In the end, I just went, because I was running late for this job interview thing, I just went to the office and just went to the toilet and I just, just washed an espadrille in the sink. Oh, my God. And then anyway, oh I washed it enough so there was no, it wasn't smelly anymore. It got it all off. It was clean. I rubbed it, rubbed it, rubbed it. But it was a white espadrille and it just had this, and I had to tell everyone I spilled coffee on my foot. Do you know what? You've done well there. I like to say I'm a pressure player, Josh. Do you but know what I mean? I, I find it absolutely astonishing that you would attend a job interview in a white espadrille. Unless it's a job interview to work in the bar at Ocean Beach. <laughs> I did gigs in shorts and flip-flops. Yeah, I mean, the disrespect, mate. Why? I think at least when you're doing a gig, you're the high state, you, you know, people have come to see you. Fair yeah. enough, you get to wear what you want. Going to a job interview in an espadrille... A white espadrille. Yeah. yeah, but it was media, when it? it was creative. I was a creative guy. I wasn't there to do well, the accounts. What were you pairing it with? What were your trousers and your... I your... think it was shorts, shorts and a T-shirt, yeah. Did you get the job? Hang on, what's... I can hear someone's talking to me. What's going on here? Well, I can hear Jürgen Klopp. Hang on. Have you left your YouTube on? Yeah, I left YouTube on. That's how they got the views in it. Sorry about that. I just could hear Jürgen Klopp and I thought I'd gone insane. It was one of my excitement dreams. I was, I'm Jürgen Klopp and, and the chief medical <laughs> officer at Liverpool has gone... Virgil's back in the team. He's recovered from his injury. Imagine that. Song. You're a man whose job is developing shin pads, and you bump yes. into Jurgen Klopp, <laughs> and you can't tell him some of your shin pads. Um, no, but so uh, look, shorts at a gig, yeah. I probably wouldn't do it now, but I was young and it was a summer. But also, uh, do you know what I was sick of? All the boring old comedians in hiking boots. How big do you think the fucking stage is, mate? Oh, mate. Put a pair of normal shoes on or trainers. I saw a comedian, uh, one of the best comedians in the UK who I love and loved growing up. He did a gig in walking boots, and I was like... Stuart Lee? No, 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 no. Um, uh, Dylan Moran, actually. Oh, Dylan. And you're going, come on, mate, you're one of the coolest comedians there is. You you made smoking cool, and now you're going on stage in walking boots. Don't get me wrong, I've got walking boots now, yeah? I go walking, but I won't wear them on stage. Do you know what I hate? Comedians on stage outfit, Rob. Do you know what I hate? Go on. Take the fucking stuff out of your pockets. Yeah, oh, I hate it. The worst is a wallet in the back that's been in the same pocket. There's little holes where the wallet's worn <laughs> away. You pathetic little rat. Get a bag. Who do you think you are? The outline of your phone? Awful. 
sometimes I'll let them off if it's a comedy club in a rough area and they don't want to leave it backstage, right? Yeah. On a tour show, tour take, show your keys, take your pocket. keys out. Do you not oh. trust your tour manager? If someone hasn't got show shoes for a tour, I've got no respect for them. You take a pair of shoes that you don't wear anywhere else apart from on that stage so they're nice and fresh because everyone's come for a night out, all right? Bloody hell, I, I wouldn't go that far, Rob. You have dirty little trainers anyway all the time. That's part of your brand. Do you have a special show outfit that you put on? Oh, yeah. More, more to make it easy, I just basically pick an outfit for that tour and I'll buy two or three versions of it. Yeah, and I'll always good. have that on me in case I spill something on me. And then when one's getting cleaned, I've got the other. But I'll only get, I'll buy one pair of new shoes that I wear for tour and leave them in a little bag. So they're always nice and clean and fresh. Do email in the most lazy thing you've seen a comedian wearing. Uh, now, Mike Shinks. Shinks. Oh, Shinky. Shinky. When our kids were younger, you we used to go away with four other families every December. We'd celebrate Christmas early, and Father Christmas would car, would text Fran, my wife, to say that he'd left a few pre-Christmas things for all the kids somewhere in the house. Oh, that's nice of him. To make this plan complete, Fran changed my name and her phone to Father Christmas so she could prove to the kids who the message was from. All worked well until later the next day. When my two boys, Dad and Tom, were playing games on Fran's phone. They wandered into the kitchen and said, Mum, Father Christmas has just texted. He said he's in Morrison's buying toilet paper. Do you want any carver? <laughs> oh, he, he, don't, he don't stop, does he, old Santa? <laughs> he's, a good, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. Do you want any carver as well? Mike Shinks is uh, having a lovely Christmas, isn't he? Oh, he's not messing about. Toilet roll and carver. I'm feeling lucky tonight. <laughs> Can I read you something that's going to blow your mind? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to share a story with you about my best friend. Six years ago, this is from uh, Shelby Wines. All right. Which sounds like somewhere that you'd make a panic order of a gift to uh, just before Christmas. Yeah, all the other, all the other uh, Majestics fully booked. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go to Shelby Wines. Shelby. <laughs> I don't know, I've never used them. They're based in the Midlands, they seem all right. Um, <laughs> I wanted to share a story with you about my best friend. Six years ago, she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. But she had no idea she was pregnant until she was delivering in the hospital. I I never understand this. This is always in the news. How's this work? So this is a full story. It was an insane experience that I think your listeners would enjoy. I remember the very day I got a phone call from my best friend right as I was leaving work saying, hey, come to the hospital and meet your niece. I thought she was being funny. I said, ha ha, what animal did you buy this time? She said, no, seriously, I know you don't believe me right now, but I had a baby. Just come to the hospital. That is the only way you'll believe me. I thought that she was playing a prank on me, so begrudgingly got in my car and drove to the hospital parking lot. When I got there, I was actually quite annoyed because I wanted to get home. So I called her again and asked where she was. She said, come to the fourth floor, room 13. Parked my car, went inside and pressed four on the elevator. When I got to the fourth floor, I realised I was in the baby ward. I started to freak out a bit, but I was still not sold. I went to the table and asked the nurse if she knew where my friend was. And she said, room 13, crazy story, eh? Now I started to half believe her. I took a breath outside the door and walked into the room. And there she was with a beautiful baby girl. The first thing that came out of my mouth was, can I see her hospital bracelet just to make sure? (laughs) It was crazy. My friend's mum and sister in the room and everyone was just in shock and awe. 
The second thing that came out of my mouth was how. He started to talk about the last nine months. I'd only been home from England for the last six months. In that six months, we played soccer together, where she'd fractured an ankle and got an X-ray. We'd eaten sushi. We'd been going to parties and drinking occasionally. Oh, no. All that flashback. What did I do? We went to Mexico on location only a month before she gave birth. (laughs) In Mexico, we went cliff jumping. Oh, my God. And on an ATV adventure, I don't know what ATV is. Oh, my God, this was... kid is hardy. Did, did this kid go on to appear in Noel Edmonds' Late Late Breakfast show? <laughs> <as a fun driver? laughs> this kid can take some licks. My best friend was doing everything you shouldn't when you were pregnant. Uh, we were 24 at this time. She could have potentially given birth in Mexico. I cannot even imagine the phone call to her parents. <laughs> My little Mexican passport. I was so confused about how she didn't know. We talked about it and she said she had had her period every month and saw no signs at all. We looked at pictures to see if there was any weight gain. She'd maybe put on five or six pounds, but not noticeable at all. Even pictures in Mexico in bathing suits didn't even show anything noticeable. How small was the baby? I don't know. The only thing she can pinpoint is that a few days prior, she she was very tired and didn't know why. The day of uh, the birth, she started feeling pain in her stomach. Originally thought it was gas pains, but then thought it was a gallbladder or pancreas. She said the pain got worse as the day continued. She asked her sister to drive her to the hospital. When she got to an emergency, she said she needed to go to the bathroom. She said she thought she needed a poo, but gave a push, felt weird, looked down and saw her head. Oh, my God. She screamed and the nurse in emergency had to deliver her baby right there and then. Oh, my God. Fast forward to now, her daughter is healthy and sassy, six-year-old. She had no side effects from anything uh, that the mum did that she wasn't supposed to. She's in grade one, doing very well at school. I couldn't imagine life without her. So there's two things here. Like, hear me out before anyone criticises me. This lady's like a sort of like a machine, like a superhero, someone from like Avengers or something. Yeah. Or actually, you know, being pregnant's all in your head. And it isn't that bad. You know, like maybe you're told about it and you hear all the horror stories. Actually, if you didn't know, you wouldn't even notice. It's psychosomatic, is that what you're saying? I think pregnancy is a placebo. You know, don't quote me on that, but from the evidence I'm getting, perhaps it's a big fuss over nothing. That's that's one angle. I'm not saying that's what I, what I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. You're just actually, you know what I mean? You know, you know, you know. When when you do say, isn't it just like having a big poo? People say, "Don't be so ridiculous." But in this case, it sort of is. Is yeah. it? Would you agree? Do you, you with me on this? That um, would you would you say personally, pregnancies are fuss over nothing? Uh, well, <laughs> using this sample, yeah, as a sample size, as a sample of, size, it's yeah. small. But if you're judging it from just this one sample, I think your conclusions would only be able to go one way. Yeah, well, let's open it up then. If anyone's got any more examples like this that can support I mean, this claim. that is it's an astonishing story, isn't it? If anyone wants to support Josh's claim that pregnancy is a fuss over nothing, <laughs> let us know. And we can, uh... But that, no, that is... In the pregnancy delusion. That's my new book that I'm going to write. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of the most amazing stories. But that's amazing. Unbelievable. Amazing. Um, do you want some, um, some anonymous confessions about people at the school gates? Oh, yes, please. This would be great. Okay. There's people that they hate, but they're not going to say yeah. who they are. Okay, this is okay. great. I love this. So, hello, happy new year. I have a submission for your new feature. Please, of course, keep me anonymous. This is Sophie Green's story. <laughs> I made that name up. That'd be quite funny if you say I want to keep this anonymous. 
We'll call them all Sophie Green, okay? Everyone, this is from Sophie Green. I have two daughters, one aged 15 and one who's six months. When my wow. oldest was six, she was being picked on by a nasty piece of work at school. Let's call the bully Izzy. Izzy. Oh, what a I picked, I picked up my daughter from the child I mind. Izzy. I pictured Izzy. I pictured Izzy. Yeah. I hate her. Yeah. 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 She, she, she eats little celebration sweets and just throws them on the floor as she scooters along. Oh my word, she is a yeah. she is a piece of work. Do you know what she did once? She spat on a pigeon, Josh. <laughs> Which I was quite in awe of of the accuracy, but it's disgusting. Yeah. I picked up my daughter from the childminders one evening in the winter to be told that when walking home from school, my daughter had had to wear her childminders coat because Izzy had taken my daughter's coat, put it in a puzzle, and jumped on it. <gasps> oh my god. It was too wet to wear and it was February and freezing. I was furious. Kid had been out of line to my daughter before, but this was too much. I called Izzy's mum and explained what had happened, how sad my daughter was, and asked her to speak to Izzy so that um, nothing like this happened again. Izzy's mum said, I'm so tired of parents calling me to tell me what Izzy has done at school. <laughs> at school, she's their responsibility. Oh, what? Here, you can tell her yourself and put Izzy on the phone. Oh, my God. For me to deal with. What would you have done in that situation, Rob? What pathetic person. How obvious is it that Izzy rules that house where you've had to put her on the phone like she's got any say in this? Fuck off. I'd, I'd be furious. I'd expect Izzy and her mum to come to my house to apologise to my daughter on the doorstep. What would you do, Rob, uh, when you were put on the phone with Izzy? I'd say, hello, Izzy. Hi. Hello, Izzy. Um, what, what, um, what happened to that school? With, couldn't, give, um, couldn't give a fuck, mate. What with the coat? Yeah. What happened with the coat? Where did you shit, put it in a puddle, stamped on it. Why Unlucky. did you do that? Why did you do that? I'd say a show of power, but also because I've been badly brought up. Yeah, yeah I'd say so too. Do you know what, uh, Izzy, Izzy little thing, do you know what you are? You're a little c- and your mummy's as well. <laughs> See you later. Phone down, headmaster. <laughs> what, you're sent to the headmaster? I'll go to the headmaster and go, right, you need, we need to talk, we need to sort the mum and the daughter out. And there you go. Right, are you the one that called a six-year-old a c- on the phone. Yes, I am. Next question. <laughs> yeah, and am I wrong? Are you disputing it? Mate, I've got, I've got a switch. I'm a nice guy, but I'm, I, I can go. I can lose my head with stuff like that. If it's anything to do with my like wife and kids, I can really turn, Josh. Can you? I'd find it very difficult to. I told you I'd, sw- I'd have nearly had a fight on the school run the other week before, before school shots when that bloke, he bloke was driving along basically, and if you want to drive your kid to this school. The primary school, you can drive in and drop them off or you can park in the side road. Anyway, so we walk along the the, 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 the pavement and there's a dip that goes into like an old people's home. I'm walking along, I'm a daughter scooting along. And this guy pulls over. He doesn't just pull over onto the side. He pulls over and like mounts the lowered curb bit half and half. So basically, my daughter had to swerve out the way of the car. And I just went, what are you fucking doing, mate? <laughs> but like quite escalated. <laughs> Well, I went, I'm trying to walk here. The scooter's going here. Park around the corner. He went, I'm only being quick. I went, you shouldn't be here at all. Fuck off. Like that. Did you? Yeah. He did it. Oh. Josh, it was so dangerous, right? And there was kids there, right? And he went into... And there was anyway, kids there? Are you telling yeah. a man to F off? Yeah, but he looked a bit nerdy. He had glasses on. He, he was in a Volvo and he was smaller than me, so I felt more confident. And anyway, and then I got to the traffic lights and then they were red... You know, for the for the people walking across. So no, I understand the traffic lights. 
Yeah, yeah, no, but in the situation they're in, it was green for the cars, right? So obviously this bloke, I've embarrassed this bloke because he knows what he was doing, Josh, was totally out of order. Me swearing was out of order, but I go a bit, I go a bit southeast London when I get angry, right? So I, I shouldn't have sworn, but I, I, you know that's my go-to. Yeah. And anyway, so he knew he'd done wrong. He, 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 I tell you, I can tell he's a little bit posh, and he didn't like. And he, I don't think anyone had told him to fuck off probably for about fifteen years. So. No. The, the green for the cars, he goes to be, he stops and goes like, walk, you can walk if you want. Like, I'm wait, like almost like, you know, sort of like a, an apology. Yeah. Like, as if, no, you go. I went, no, we're waiting for the green man. Fuck off. You didn't. <laughs> I fucked him off again. Wrong. This is good. Do you know what? Oh. Neither of you are coming out of this well. No, I, I, I admit what I did was petty then. But then it's, it wasn't, I shouldn't, I, look. I agree with everything I did, apart from the swearing. I shouldn't have sworn, and I would apologise for that. I agree, I agree that you shouldn't be crossing on a red man as well. No, that exactly. Because is... so, so what is the rules here? That you swerve over on the pavement, and then and then I teach my daughter to walk across when it's a red man because you've been a dick. Not, not happening, mate. We'll wait for the green man. Off you go. But I shouldn't have sworn. But that's what I'm saying. I can't. So Izzy, I'm already angry. I'll be angry about Izzy all day. The amount of cardboard Jeff Bezos thinking I'm going to have to do later to bring me out of this is going to have to be quite extreme. <laughs> We found a new level of anger. There is a yeah. there is a level of southeast London in you, isn't there? That well, you... yeah, it's something I try and suppress, um, and I'm not hard by any stretch of imagination. No, I, I, no, that was no way what I was claiming at any point. But right? I can loudly go into sort of swearing and being sounding quite aggressive, where I'm not really being that aggressive, but that's just me showing my displeasure. But yeah. I don't really know of any other way to express it. Yeah, no, no. I so, don't know how well she'd say that, like, but I shouldn't have swore. I, I so think my daughter says go away because she's hurt herself and she's angry at the pain. So she'll shout go away because she doesn't know how else to express it. Yeah. It's the same with you. Yeah. But obviously you're 35. Yeah, exactly. So I need to work on that. But I think I'm still happy with what I did, but I shouldn't have sworn. Yes. Because then that undermines your argument. I think the biggest crime of all, really, was um, was the man who thought that um, you, sh- you should let people cross on a red man. Yeah, that is insane. I was like, you've, but I, but I knew I'd had him then. I was like, your red's gone, mate. Your red's, red's gone. <laughs> your red's gone, mate. Green, mate. Green for you. Red for me. You're, like, you're saying off you go. What are we trying to do? Like, you ain't winning this, mate. You've lost. Yeah, but I, I shouldn't have sworn. So apologies to the man in that car. So we've got one more, Josh, before we... Yes. Uh... Should we have a nice one, friend? Let's have a nice one. Come on, let's 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 do this. I feel like it's going to start of 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 good news now. All the vaccinations rolling out, but I can see some daffodils coming out my garden. It's going to get warmer. Sure, it at the moment it's minus three, um, oh. but <laughs> it's nearly spring. This is from Addict. Hi, Rob and Josh. Greetings from Jakarta, Indonesia. Ooh, we're going global, mate. There we go. I'm one of the many people who's been helped by the Philip Perry episode, but I would guess. Not in the same way as most. I am 26 and don't have kids, but moved back in my parents for what was supposed to be a few months before moving to Australia to study in April, but that was put off indefinitely due to the pandemic up until now. Before this, I'd happily lived on my own for two years. It's been a massive adjustment to living back with them, especially with losing all the independence I had before and being stuck with them all day, every day in lockdown. Anyway, the Philip Perry episode really reminded me that my parents were once kids also, who have been shaped and messed up in their own ways by their own parents. And even if they don't always think in those terms themselves, keeping that in mind has helped me to remember that they are also just trying their best. Basically, what he's saying, Rob, 
Is he's Philippa parried his own parents? He's Philippa parried his own parents. I think that I don't even think that was possible. He's gone backwards and implemented it. Yeah, exactly. And so, so he doesn't force his dad to wear a coat anymore. Exactly, he doesn't force his dad to wear a coat. He, when his dad's angry, he yeah. he doesn't um, shout at his dad, but instead he talks to his dad about that anger. <laughs> and also, he always explains to his dad why he's made decisions because yeah, I um, think that's great. You know, yeah. Um, oh, that's uh, nice. I'm glad he's uh, he's enjoyed it. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's always nice to end with someone who's got something out of these episodes. My parents. I was going to say my parents listened to the Philip Perry episode, and she went, "I listened to that Philip Perry." She, my mum was fuming. She went, "Well, I've done it all wrong, haven't I?" <laughs> I think she knows best. I've done it all wrong, have I? And I was like, "Well, no, it's all subjective." But she did answer your question, Josh. How my parents listened to it in bed. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just um, yeah, a bit of foreplay, full sex, and then bang it on. No, they didn't say that. Um, they said they listen to it in the dark, right, as they're going to sleep, but they listen to all of it because they turn it off when it ends. Oh, there we go. So they're laying there in the dark. They're not staring at stuff, just sort of listening. Well, and laughing, I imagine. Well, hopefully. Get ready to turn it off because this is the end of the episode. Yes, and uh, go to sleep. Listening. And also as well, my parents are currently, do you know what their sleep pattern is, Josh? No. For 76 years and my mum's 66, 10-year gap, I know, disgusting. They're, they're going to bed 2, 3 a.m., waking up at 11 a.m., 10, 30, 11. Whoa. 2, 3 a.m. they're going yeah, to bed. just binge-watching stuff. And then no, getting up I'm... about 10, 11 in the morning. That's, that's not what nans do, is it? Nan and granddads do? No. What are they binge-watching? Anything, mate. They are absolutely, they absolutely love it. I mean, what TV, Paul Sinha's TV showdown. They love that. It's a show I do on Saturdays um, on ITV. Are they just obsessed with Rob Beckett? I think they're obsessed with Rob Beckett. Oh, can I do some plugs for telly shows I've got on, Josh? I think we should, do you know what? I think we should, um, we should be plugging our stuff because um, we're plugging other products. It's a missed opportunity if we don't. I'll do mine first. TV showdown, Saturday nights, ITV. Really funny quiz uh, show with Paul Sinar, favourite play. Fun for all the family. Rob and Romesh Versus is coming back. 3rd of Feb on Sky. We do drag, tennis and art. Um, that's uh, really funny. Celebs Go Dating is back. Um, it'll be on now, actually. It starts Monday. Um, I, think, I think that's about it. Yeah, watch all those, please. Um, yes, uh, last leg's on at the moment. But uh, Hypothetical is back February the 12th on Dave at 10pm. Me and James Acaster, lots of great guests. Series 3. I suppose that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Just we keep, should, yeah. uh, you know, when we've got other things, we, should, we shouldn't be shy, Rob. I might be on 24 hours in police custody in a few weeks if people keep pulling up onto pavements. <laughs> That'd be a good watch. We're back on Friday with Paddy McGuinness. Paddy McGuinness. Um, see you then, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 